0: So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 220 for the first of Tamos in a leap year. So first of all, happy Rosh Chodesh. It is Rosh Chodesh today. So I hope you're having a nice one. It's the second day of Rosh Chodesh. And so... Yeah, so today's episode is going to be really interesting. So today is kind of a a, a, a continuation, really, of, of yesterday's episode. And the topic that we've been discussing and trying to grapple with is this idea of how when we talk about God, when we refer to God, when we reference God, especially in terms of his attributes, there's a tendency, which is very normal in humans, to r- refer to ourselves, to anthropomorphize God. And this isn't just something that we do, like, Just on our own, we actually see that the Bible does this, that our prayers do this, that we see often there's references to God's attributes, God's kindness, God's wisdom, God's hand, even God's eyes. Like there's a lot of references to God that seem very human in a certain way. And, you know, anybody who's like slightly sophisticated, at least in their understanding, hopefully, understands that it's not that simple obviously and that it's like God is not just like a bigger version of us he's not just like a, a, a very 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 holy rabbi you know or something like that it's it, God is something really really different and it, it's often explains that why is it that we refer to God in these anthropomorphic ways it's really just to help us have some kind of understanding of him some way that we can relate to him we've also spoken about in Haseres, uh elsewhere in previous episodes about this idea that really the way to think about it is really to flip the this whole thing around on its head in the sense that like we the, the tendency that humans have is to look at our hand, for example, and say, Okay, well, I have a hand, so this is a hand, right? And then there's God, and we talk about God's hand. So when I think about God, it's like, okay, so God has, He might not have an, an actual hand, obviously, because we know that he's not human. So he has like something like a hand. So it's like I kind of have a hand, I have a hand, I have an actual hand, and God has something sort of like a hand. But what Chassidus does, it flips this entire thing on its head. And it says that this hand that you think you have, that you're so sure that you have, don't be so sure about it. Because in fact, it's actually a very imperfect mirror image of God's hand. And God's hand is the ultimate hand. God is the concept of handness. And it's not only God... Has, a, has the ultimate hand, but God has the ultimate attribute of mercy, of judgment, of severity, of kindness, of wisdom, all of these things. These words that we relate to in our own very anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic self-referential way, they're all extremely imperfect when it comes to understanding what these words really mean like we're, we're really limited to our own understanding of it we gave the example yesterday of a child that if you give a child a present often they like the box better than the toy so it's like they're limited in their understanding of value they have this like very limited conception of the world where they think that the cardboard box which costs like two cents at the store is more valuable than the present itself they don't they have no concept of the value of that present so for us it's even more so it's vastly more different of like when we try to understand god's attributes they're so vastly different than our own that we we really can't even conceptualize them so today's episode is really going to focus on specifically one attribute of God, which is, an, and one attribute within humans, which is where we left off yesterday, which was really the focus of, of the second half of yesterday, which is the attribute of Chokhmah, the attribute of wisdom, and really talking about it and coming to understand how when we think about the idea of wisdom and we think about how high wisdom is that in yesterday we spoke about how wisdom is really the the initial source it's the highest of all the attributes within a person for god it's like it's it's not that high it's not as high as we might think that it would be so one thing that i think is really interesting and something maybe to keep in mind as we study these concepts and something that might lead to a certain level of frustration, which I know it does for me sometimes, so I'm kind of maybe sharing this with you guys, and maybe some of you could relate to this, is that a lot of Chabad Chassidus centers around this idea that we we use our minds, and this is very intellectual stuff if you've been following along, like there are a lot of technical details, a lot of ideas, a lot of concepts, a lot of philosophical, like it really, learning Chassidus stretches the mind in, in, in many ways, right? Like forwards and backwards and, in all kinds of different ways. And we're trying so hard to understand what it is that we're learning. Like maybe you listen to these episodes a few times in order to really get the idea. I know when I learned these, these, um, entries, these Tanya entries, sometimes I have to go over it two times, three times, a few times until I can really, really come to understand what it is that the altar is trying to teach us. But then paradoxically, it's like when you finally feel like you have a little bit of a grasp on what it is that we're learning here, the, the conclusion of what it is that we're learning is that we actually can't understand it, that it's actually something that's beyond our understanding. So it's this weird kind of paradox that we grapple with throughout Hasaras is that we expand our minds to the point and we utilize our minds to the point of, of their limits, of really trying to understand what it is that we're trying to understand up until the point that we realize, oh, this is not something I can understand at all. This is way beyond my understanding. So it's a it's a really uh kind of crazy journey that we're on here where we're we're pushing our minds to the limits of trying to understand what is not knowable, what is not understandable. And this is really what the what the Rambam has um instructed us to do when he says that there's a mitzvah to his the very first mitzvah that he gives us in his hilchos Dea is to know god and the explanation for that is that we really have this obligation to try to the best of our ability to try to understand and know god and will we ever get there no we actually won't but the the mitzvah itself is to work on it and it's to try to get there so that is sort of the mentality that I think might be useful in understanding what it is that we're going to be learning about today, namely specifically focusing on this attribute of Chokma and understanding how, what is Chochmah exactly, and which we started talking about yesterday, and we're going to continue talking about today, and understanding how well for a human being, the attribute of Chochmah is their highest faculty, like it's the faculty from which all other of our faculties trickle down and receive their vitality from, from this place of wisdom, quote unquote, which is, again, an imperfect translation of the word Chochmah. But then in terms of God, this level of Chochmah is not that high, there's actually Many levels that are way higher than chokmah, and for God, the, God's chokmah is actually the last step. It's actually the last rung on the ladder. And the the parallel that we can think about it is when we think about the attribute of action for us, the attribute of maise of 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 of, uh, of doing things. This is like what chokmah is for God. So let's get into the text and see how the ultra explains this. Maybe he can break it down in a way that's a little bit more comprehensible than the way that I'm explaining it. So, okay, so now again, so the ultrava is referring back, this is chapter nine of Sharyo Chirvayamunah, and he references back to yesterday's episode, to, to chapter eight, where we talked about Chochmah and about how Chokhmah is that initial stage within a person from which all the vitality flows throughout them, through their bina, their understanding, through their das, which then eventually leads to their emotions, which eventually then leads to thought, which eventually leads to speech, which eventually leads to action. Like there's a progressive chain of events that happens, which all begins with Chochmah. However, when we talk about God, this same chokmah, which for... Creative beings is this highest of all, all levels, the beginning of everything, is actually the last level. It's actually the end point of his action, of his maiseh. Meaning to say that we can think of Chochma, God's chokma as being like what we think of as Asiya. So we th- see this actually where it, there's, a, there's a, a quote here, a citation. This is from Tehillim, chapter 104, verse 24. Where it says, Kulam b'chochma asita. So, which literally means... You made all of them with wisdom. So we see that there's this connection between making, between doing and wisdom. So chokma and Asiyah, there's a connection there when it comes to God. So what does that mean? So now the altar is going to focus in on this attribute of Asiyah within a person. So, or within any created being. So we say that like the, we talked about how this attribute of action is like the lowest point in a person. So it's like when we go through that whole flow of Chochmah, Tabinah, Sadas, blah, 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 all the way down, the final place is that level of action. So it's like if you see somebody like just like walking down the street or whatever, it's like. It, it doesn't really reveal that much about the person it's kind of like the the lowest point of uh, of the vitality of the person is manifest within there right and we can and when we compare that to a person's Chokhmah it's like a huge gap like it's like when you think about when you actually if you were able to actually peek into a person's brain and see what their chokma is that would give us like a much deeper sense of like oh wow this is who this person is like imagine going into like Albert Einstein's brain versus just watching him drink a cup of coffee or something you know, like kind of maybe compare it in that way. And so then going back to that level of the action. So let's say that action of drinking coffee or something in comparison to the life force of the letters of speech is that action of drinking is also is considered like nothing, right? So it's like we're going from below to above. So it's like the level of action is considered like nothing compared to the vitality that's in the level of speech, which is like nothing in comparison to the levels uh to the vitality that's found in the levels of thought so so we spoke about all this yesterday also like about how there's the like a a person's speech maybe reveals them and and has a little bit more vitality in it than a person's just like pure actions like let's say you picture albert einstein drinking a cup of coffee let's go with that analogy so it's like him drinking the coffee is like okay that It it doesn't really tell us that much about him. It's like a very mundane kind of act that anybody could do. Then if you hear him actually like talking, you know, I mean, I guess it depends what it is that he's talking about, but that might give us a little bit more of an insight into his vitality and like, oh, this person seems pretty smart, right? But if we were to actually go inside of his thoughts... Then the thoughts, we see that those thoughts are actually the origin of his speech. And so his thoughts in comparison to what it is he's actually teaching us, it's like, oh, wow, his thoughts are all over the place. There's a lot more going on in his thoughts. But then when we compare his thoughts compared to the vitality that's in his attributes, in his personality, in his emotions, they actually the thoughts actually lose their value. Then we see that actually the source of the vitality of the thoughts is coming from his attributes, from his emotional makeup. And then his emotional makeup, we see is actually coming from a much deeper place. That's coming from his mind, from his intellectual faculties, his Chokh, Mabina, and Das, which are the source of the Midas, right? So then it's like we see that there was this huge, huge progression from Albert Einstein drinking the cup of coffee all the way to his actual intellect. It's like... You cannot compare the two. It's like this really big jump. And so the ultra-webber says, this is exactly that type of jump that we're making from the action to the intellect in a person is that same jump of God's wisdom, God's intellect, which is the beginning of the vitality of all the worlds in comparison to God himself. So think about that for a moment. I'll I'll give you guys a, a minute to really meditate upon that idea. So it's like picture Albert Einstein drinking the cup of coffee drink he's drinking that cup compared to Albert Einstein's brain his genius brain so now we're starting there in that brain that's the source of everything the source of vitality of all the worlds but for god that level of god's wisdom which is the source through which he created all the worlds is like nothing in comparison to who he really is it's it's as if god it's as if the god is drinking the coffee cup so it's like the way god god's intellect is to him like drinking that coffee if that makes sense and not only that it's actually this is this comparison is true to many 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 more degrees to a myriad levels of degrees more than this comparison between in a person when we look at their wisdom and we look at their action and because because in comparison to like again Albert Einstein drinking a cup of coffee versus Albert Einstein's wisdom. Like, yes, there's a very big jump, but it's only by five degrees, right? There's a level of the action. There's a level of speech. That's two. There's a level of thought. That's three. Then there's a level of his emotive attributes, four. And then there's his actual intellect. So that's five degrees of separation. But when it comes to God, God is so far removed from, above the level of God's wisdom to an myriads and myriads of degrees to an infinite degree. So that's it for today. That's the end of the section. And so just to kind of to sum it up is that like it's when we talk about uh, wisdom down here, when we talk about this idea of how wisdom is really the highest of uh, of everything, the highest the the origin of all of our our vitality we think of it, we get put it on a very high pedestal and we see how wisdom is very far removed from action from the actual motion that a person is doing but when we talk about god and when we talk about god's wisdom which is the source of the creation of all the worlds that's actually the, the lowest level for god and there's actually like so many levels above that to an infinite degree that we can't even imagine so that when we think about action for us, like when we think about the motion of walking or drinking a cup of coffee or whatever, that's like the level at which God is operating when he's operating within his faculty of wisdom. So that, and, and to an infinite degree, because for us, there's only five degrees of separation, but for God, there's an infinite level of of degrees of separation between who god really is versus god's wisdom so that's it for today and so i know these ideas can be kind of tricky to understand at first but hopefully you are bearing with me and with the text and so that's it for now and we will continue along these lines tomorrow when we continue with chapter nine and i will speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarid Switzer.